Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Loria. I am the founder of the author Incubator and creator of the different process for writing a book that matters. And every week on Book Journeys Radio, we talk to an author who is making a difference with their words, with their book, with their message. And this week is absolutely no exception. I am honored to have with us today Debbie Martin, who is the author of Flowers Whisper, What Words Can't Say. I think we've all had that experience of being touched by nature in some way. Debbie is a a florist, a breast cancer survivor, an inspirational speaker, and she is the co-founder of a nonprofit Breast Friends Cancer Support Group Foundation. Um, And her book, if you want to check it out, you can go to flowerswhisperbook.com and you can see uh, an image of that, which is absolutely, what a gorgeous cover that is, Debbie. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So beautiful. So tell us a little bit, thanks for being with us today. Tell us a little bit about your book, what's it about, and how did you come to write it? Oh, thank you so much. Um, It's truly an honor to be here. And um, my my husband, I would come home and tell him some amazing stories. And he'd go, oh, my gosh, honey, someday you need to write a book. And then I ended up and come down with breast cancer. And I always seen the tears and joy what flowers do for people when I delivered them or in any of those stories. And then when I needed to receive them when I was a breast cancer and I was fighting for my life, they were so much more powerful. Those tears and the joy came from the heart, and I became more passionate that people had no idea what the gift of a flower does for someone. Now, well, were then you I, already a florist when you yes. were diagnosed with cancer? You were? Yep, I was. Interesting. Okay. Yes. And so I loved flowers, but I had never been like the receiver. You know, I, you know, had, but, you know, I had delivered so many and so many phenomenal stories um, that my husband said, you know, someday, honey, you still need to write that book. And then when I didn't know how much longer I would have to live, and I'll tell you, I'm 10 years out today from my cancer, so it's just a miracle. Wow. Congratulations. It had spread all over. It was in my kidneys. It was on my lymph nodes. I mean, it was, um, I'm a miracle to be here today. Wow. So knowing that, I decided if I don't write some of those stories down, this book is never going to get written. Or these stories will be left behind and no one's going to know about them. And, and so, the, then, so the book wasn't strictly about your experience with cancer? Oh, no. Oh, no. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. In fact, um, one story, if you don't mind, I'll just share real quick. Um, I'll take you with me on a delivery. Uh, a okay. man had lost his wife. And we go. I go to deliver the funeral arrangement and I walk into the room. And the room is filled with roses, and roses of every color. So imagine, the husbands happened to be there, but the mortician had asked me, we're all like family morticians in, in Florisar. He says, I'm really busy, I'm shorthanded, I'm with another family. Can you go ahead and set that up? Because it was during viewing time. And I said, sure, I'll be glad to. I go in, and I'm taken away. I cannot even, the room is filled. I, you don't see that very often. And so the husband um, notices me and he comes over and talks to me he says are you the florist and i said i am and he says well i want to tell you something my wife loved roses and she loved all mm-hmm. colors 
And he says, and you need to tell people that they need to buy their wife a rose. And and he, you know, I knew just a little bit that she was taken in a car accident, so very suddenly. And he continued to say, because I never did. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But then this stranger just completely dumped his heart on me, and he just begged and pleaded me with me. And I'm like, sir, your story could sell a thousands of roses but for mm-hmm. me they're just going to think I'm a florist you know I'm just saying this story and he said no you don't understand I am too embarrassed and too ashamed I could never tell anyone that story has been in my heart and just like I, for some reason I have to write that story someday somehow that man's story has to get in down in the books and it yeah. was so anyway many more stories like that that are very impactful. How how often do we go every day and do we take time to just remember the loved ones in our lives, how important life is, and how simple it would be to just give her. Right. Yeah. Right. So anyway, wow. my husband kept encouraging me, honey, you need to write a book someday. And I kept saying, well, honey, I don't know the first thing about writing a book. I'm a floor. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then my aunt happened to give me a ticket, and she says, well, do you know anybody who wants to write a book? I have a ticket to a publishing out in Las Vegas, how to write a book. So I said, sure, if you don't mind, I would love to go. And she's like, okay. I go out there. I'm sitting there in this room. It's a big publishing company out in New York. And um, the man is inundated, and I said, is there any way I can talk to you sometime? And he and he said, sure, meet me afterwards. So I met him afterwards, and he says, what, what did you need to talk to me about? And I said, I'm thinking about writing a book, but I have no clue how to write a book. He says, well, what's it about? And I told him a couple stories, and he says, you know what, just come find me tomorrow morning. So the next morning, we're all waiting for him to come in, and he comes to the door, and he's, like, scanning the room. And he's like, you know how someone's looking for somebody? You know, you can just see them just scanning. And he, like, mm-hmm. spots me walks over to my table and says, ma'am, we'll publish your book. I said, you'll publish? I don't know if I can even write. I'm like, I don't, you don't even know if I can write. I don't even know if I can write. I said, I don't know the first thing. He says, now don't you worry about a thing. He says, we'll help you with everything. He says, um, I want you to talk to so-and-so, and we'll get you a mentor. We'll help coach you through it. We'll help you with the marketing, blah, blah, blah. Great. Okay, I come home and I tell my husband, now remember, I'm a breast cancer survivor. Our funds are very low, going through medical bills. I'm a florist. My husband's in farming. Impossible. Go to the bank, and um, the banker says, nope, that's a scam. Don't you dare do it. I don't want you to do it. So then... He says, why don't you just go home and pray about it? I said, well, that's exactly what I'm going to go do. Well, the next thing I said, Lord, I need an audible voice. I said, if you want me to do this, I need a voice. And you won't wow. believe. The next day I'm working on a wedding appointment. The gal that I was doing this with said, I can't get this sermon out of my head. I said, well, I always want to hear what's going on. Do you got to tell me? And he said, she said, do we make decisions today out of faith or fear? Oh, my gosh. So I go back. Kevin, we got to do the book. I don't know, I'm telling you, it was so audible. She had no idea I was making that kind of decision. This just has to be. Go back and said, we got to do it. So we got the loan, borrowed it. 
um, furnace goes out in the home, we have to get a second mortgage. This all happens as I'm trying to write a book. And if you only know, I'm writing in a notebook. I'm not a guru that knows Internet. And so I copy my notebook pages, fax them down, mortgage goes out, or second mortgage, the tractor breaks down so bad, we've got to get another loan. My daughter's planning to get married. Oh, my gosh, it was just one thing after another. And here I am trying to write this book. The book is in edit, and it's not coming out. And I'm, like, getting irritated. And the next thing I know, my coach, which was hired outside the company, I said, you need to call and see why my book's not coming out edit. The first public Hmm. company went bankrupt. Wow. And I could not believe it. I could not believe it. And I was, de- we were devastated. We were about to lose everything. We were about to lose a home. We were about to lose absolutely. And plus, we were about to lose the book that I had just been passionate about. I was going to say, did that make you doubt your book? Did that make yeah. you doubt? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it did. It did. So then um, I said, is there any way I don't know much about the publishing world? Can I get those copyrights out? She says, I really doubt it. They're trying to file Chapter 11. They're trying to reorganize. Somebody can buy it. They'll try to buy the books that are on deck. And so um, she said, let me go see. So she goes She goes in like the backside, but on the front side, I'm getting kind of a runaround because they're saying, you know what, we're just slammed with a whole bunch of books. We can't get your book out of edit. It's just a busy time of year. We're doing as mm. fast as we can. Mm. And it was a cover-up, and so then she finally finds out, and she says, you know what, they're going to release those copyrights. That was a miracle, and she goes, that is a miracle. And I said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I said, now what? I said, okay, now I have this. So they released the mir- the copyrights. I had a book. I had Remember, I have no money. I cannot put one more penny into this book. Two women out of Texas decided to take a step of faith, and they said, you know what, we'll finish her book on contingent that when we put it up on Amazon, which is a whole new world to me, that um, we'll keep all the first royalties until we're paid. But they would finish my book, go through the layout, go through everything else. And wow. Yeah. Who, that, I don't hear that either. And she goes, Deb, that is a miracle because publishing companies don't just, do that, or if you self-publish, you still have to come up with some money, right? Right. And so then these women finished my book, and now it's ready to go up on Amazon. And I'm like, great. I said, this is awesome. How am I going to buy my first books for people that are wanting to buy the book? She says, okay, let me think about this. She says, you know a lot of people, and your stories are phenomenal. I think if you just put it out in your little community and and just say, hey, can you help? This awesome book is going to go on Amazon. Can you help send email blasts out and let anybody you know? I am telling you, I'm from a small town in Windsor, Colorado. We have a small group of Breast Friends Cancer Support Group. And it is amazing. It went number one in inspiration and spiritual on Amazon that day. Wow. It went number one in self-help. It went number one in motivational, and that day it also got number one in movers and shakers on Amazon. Wow. There is no way possible I could be moving and shaking that much, and it is so. So now my book gets a sticker, and I am just so grateful. This book is just like a little miracle, and it just is full of little short stories. 
And so it is a unique story. And so at story. this point, you have paid back uh, the publishing company that you ended up working with. You paid them back, and are you beginning to get your own royalties on the book? Um, not yet. Um, okay. I am still working. We are still working on our very first loan, actually, believe it or not. Plus everything else, the second mortgage, and but that's besides the point. But my second publishing company is now all paid, so now I should be able to start getting royalties. Nice from that. So I'm excited about that, and so yes, yes. So it's just um, getting the message out. But again, I'm so excited this spring. It's like it's starting to blossom again. It's starting to become more of a buzz. Um, I just spoke to a women's group last weekend, and I mean, again, they were like, "I got to call so and so. She's got to order this book." And so, it, it's very exciting. It seems like it's it sells itself. The stories. So. so, I always ask people, and you had a in your pre-interview, you had an interesting answer to this question that I wanted to delve into with you. I always ask people what they wish they knew before they wrote their book. Do you remember what you said to my producer? Oh, you know, I said I really didn't want to know nothing. Because yeah, you basically said, if I knew what I knew now, I, it might have seemed like too big of a challenge. Yes. And I think that's very interesting. What I tell people is that every book has its own journey. Yes. And as the author, there are only some parts of that journey that you can that you can control. Obviously, yeah. you can't control companies going out of business that you yes, decide to no. work with and things uh-uh. like that. So, um, so it's interesting. Uh, if you knew it was this hard, do you think you wouldn't you wouldn't have done it again? You know, the journey has made me stronger, and it's even more, you know, they say it's like giving a birth to a baby. This mm-hmm. book, this baby is so precious, and it has gone through so much. I just know it's supposed to be here. It's just a blessing, and and the th- the blessings that are coming from it, the stories I'm getting back now, because after they read it in the back of the book, I encourage them to share a story if you've been touched. And it is amazing. They've sent flowers, and the stories that are coming back now are rewriting the mm. second book. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I would have done it, knowing, yeah, knowing all the life. If I would have, I had no clue. But, you know, right. I just had to go back. And just like life, take it one day, one page, one word at a time, and that's how the pages of the book got written. And is that what you would recommend if you were giving advice to an author? I always I always ask people, like, what do you wish you knew before you wrote your book? Because I want to be able to give that advice. I mean, I think it's important advice to have as as an author in transformation. And you know, so, I do, yeah. I do think that it can be overwhelming, like, oh, my gosh. I won't know the first thing how to market the book. I won't know the first thing about, you know, putting chapters or doing a layout or editing it. You're absolutely right. You won't know, but you just start writing in a book, in in the computer, wherever. Just start writing one story at a time, and they will just come together. And one day at a time. It doesn't have to all be done in one day. There's no way. But just right. How, how long from when you went to that first conference until uh, until you finished your manuscript, I guess? 
it actually was two years. Mm-hmm. Two years of writing. Of course, I just told you now all the drama that went in in those two years. Even my mentor that was coaching was like, I do not know how you are writing this book because of all the stuff that's going on around you. And I said, you know, I can't sleep anyway. And I said, so I write that book at 2 or 4 o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep, so I might as well be doing something. <laughs> right, right. But it was peace and quiet then. I mean, the noise of the world was quiet and, you know, flowers whisper. It was like it came in whispers. Yeah. How did you come up with that title? You know, I do think that flowers will say a whole different meaning than what people try to say. They speak at a silent language that we might think we know what we're saying, that they're saying exactly what that person needs to hear. Maybe it's like you're really appreciated, and they only say, I love you. Or maybe they say the words, I really appreciate everything you do for me, but they really say, I love you. See what I'm saying? So, and someone who's just, you know, wanting to say, I'm so sorry, you know, for the loss of your loved one, um, what can I say? And those flowers say all the right words. And they don't have to worry about saying the wrong thing at the wrong time mm. or anything. Which is such a big, you know, I think it's such a big fear for so many of us is, you know, whether it's flowers at a funeral or even, you know, flowers at your first Valentine's Day is how do I know exactly. I'm not going to say the wrong thing. Yep, yep. So or you're trying to propose. When, oh, my gosh, you're trying to propose. You don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> so let's talk about um, when you were writing your book. You said it took you about two years. Mm-hmm. And during those two years, did you – What was well, first let's start with this. What was your process for writing? When did you write? How often did you write? And then just talk a little bit about if you bumped into writer's block or if you would run into periods where you weren't feeling productive and what you would do. You know, a lot of times um, I would try to – do it when I wasn't in chaos or, you know, and I didn't write every day, but I just wrote a little, I tried to write something at least once a week. You know, I tried to take little steps at a time, and then sometimes I would just get in, like have a a really long time or a spread of good amount of time, and I could just write. I mean, it just like happened. But then when I had writer's block, it was like I had to get either away, maybe go to some quiet place, and or go to the mountains or go, you know, in my own room and just be in a quiet place. And it was like then I could get my thoughts together. I can't have all these distractions of the world noise around us because I think we have too much noise in our life today between TV, radio, I mean, everything, that we have to get in our quiet space. And when we seem like mm-hmm. we get in quiet space, that's when our own thoughts start writing come to our minds to come down on paper. Or at least it was for me. Right. And so so, and so tell me when tell me how that happened for you. Tell me when you wrote. Did you would you write every day? Did you have a regular practice? Um I would try to write it I would try to write like I said once a week and my husband he was so good. And I if I'd sit down and want to watch TV, honey, do you think you ought to go write? Honey, I just want to realize, he said, no, honey, I really think you ought to go right. You're absolutely right. I need to go right. And so I would 
push away from, you know, just relaxing and sitting in front of the TV, which, again, is noise, and I'd go mm-hmm. into my room. And it was the support of him, too, you know, saying, honey, you need to It's funny. I did a uh, – I was at a conference last week um, called Mom Gets a Business, and I was speaking on a um, on a panel of authors, and one of the things that came up on the panel, which I hadn't thought about before, was one of the authors said having a having a champion – And it turned out that all the authors on the panel had somebody, their husband, for one person it was their sister, for another person it was her best friend, but somebody who was kind of the book champion who would keep pushing you. Yes. And if it wouldn't have been for him, you're absolutely right. If it wouldn't have been for him encouraging me over the years saying, honey, someday I think you need to write a book, I would have never probably ever thought about writing a book. (laughs) But he so, is the champion. I love what you said. That is awesome. Yeah, I know. I hadn't thought about that, but I, I think I'm going to incorporate that into um, when I coach people is finding a champion because I do think that makes a difference. It's a long it's a long process, and having somebody as a witness, I think, makes a difference. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, for many people, when they think they're going to write a book, they think the writing is going to be most of it. You know, most of the effort is going to be the writing and then the book will come out and then, you know, the kind of challenge ends. But as you learned, even just through the publishing process, just finishing writing the book wasn't enough. You still had a lot of uh, mothering to do to get your oh. to get your baby into the world. Yeah. Um, and then once the book was out, usually authors are surprised to learn at how much work there is to do in terms of, um, you know, marketing and promotion and things like that. So what has your experience been with on the marketing and promotion side? Well, like I said, the first publishing company was going to include the marketing with it. And so this I have learned all on my own. The second publishing basically was the publishing. They were just going to publish the book and, of course, do it online. And, you know, I have been amazed how much the book industry has changed over the years, even just in the last few years, that people are shopping books online. Um, So having a very valuable website is key. And the key to a good website is being transparent because people Mm -hmm. want to go to a website They don't want to just know about the book, but they want to know about you. Um, They want to know a little bit more about your story. And then it kind of intrigues them. You know, they'll pause, but, you know, unless they hear it on the radio and they just hear it on the radio interview and go home, I'm going to order that book. They'll go home and order that book. And they'll maybe just Mm. go to Amazon. But if they want to know and they're just a little bit money conscious because money seems to be, you know, conscious people are buying more e-books now you know, reading on Kindle. But there's right. a lot of people that still like to hold that book in their hand. But they're getting very picky about the books they read. So now they want mm-hmm. to know the author, I think, a little bit more. They want to know where their thoughts are, what kind of, you know, they don't want to even, they want to know the value of what they're about to read. Is it valuable? Right. So I think that's what I've learned uh-huh. And has anything surprised you about marketing your book? Was it what you thought it would be, or have you learned some things that might be helpful to people? Um, 
Well, for me... I guess you said about getting a website. Did you do your own website? No, I did not. For me, it's trying to get technical savvy. But again, I you don't have to be. There are great people that are great in the IT world um, that can do that. And again, um, it's truly living your life truly and hopefully by word of mouth. You know, my speaking engagements are just by word of mouth. You know, hey, I've heard so-and-so speak. That has been, I, I don't really advertise for speaking. Um, it has just been by word of mouth. Or somebody that's read the book, hey, would you come speak? At mm-hmm. our, you know, I love the book. Would you come and speak? Um, so, so that's a great before and after story. So without the book, it's very unlikely you would have been asked to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, I would have right. never. Uh uh-uh. uh. So what are the some book. of the what are some of the opportunities that have come up because of having a book? Um, you know, it's caused a lot more buzz with even my business. Um, for instance, my business now has grown. Um, they want me to do the flowers, and I'm like, well, I can't do them all. You know, I'm going to be called. I got to go speak so and so, but so and so does a great job. Don't worry. You know, so for me, my personal business has really grown just because of the stories that's in it, and they go, oh, I mean, that's huge, right? It is huge. Was that your vision? Is that the reason you did the book? No, absolutely. Mm. I did not want to grow my business, (laughs) but I don't (laughs) mind helping other florists grow and other businesses grow because there's no way I can possibly in the world handle everybody's flower order. But that is, I mean, if you're a plumber or if you've got secrets to, you know, whatever apprentice you're in, it can definitely help your business. Wow, that is some great, that's quite a surprise. I always say, is there something that came out of your book that was a surprise to you? Oh, that would be a um, surprise, yeah. Yeah, so you weren't even doing it for that reason at all. And your husband, when he was saying you should write a book, he wasn't thinking, hey, that's going to bring us more cash to the florist business. No, yeah. Mm -mm. Funny. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so if you had to do it all over again, what might you do differently about it? Um, you know, if I had to do it over again, I think I would cause, um, I would do a workbook with it. Okay. Because um, now people are like, is there any way we could do a study with it? And so now I think that is something I'm going to need to work on is a workbook with it because the stories are so impactful, but I also bring in life and um, I make them ponder, you know, different um, perspectives of their own life as their living life. Because you see, as I was writing the book, it turned out that it wasn't just short stories. It turned about how do we deal with life and the importance of living life fully because mm-hmm. the flowers are a messenger, and what is so cool is she could put this in homes and gardens. She could have put this in, in all the a- categories of Amazon. And where it went number one was inspiration and spiritual. And the number right. one where it went help was self-help. So mm. a lot of things they could use as a workbook to self-help, self-talk themselves, and give them like a journal so that they could write where they're at right now with this story. How does this relate to them? Right. 
And so that's interesting. And and so let's just talk for a minute about why why would you have uh, why would you have the workbook? What would it give to you? What do you how do you think it would improve your experience, either getting more speaking engagements or making a difference or impacting more people? Why would you want that? Why do you think it would make it better? You know, I think it would make it well. It would be like a double sale, but it would be a great like say if it's a group or a book club or if it is a um, Bible study group or all kinds of different groups that maybe do book reads and they want to do like a work study, they'll read a chapter, but then there's a place where they can discuss it. Or maybe it's just for them because everybody's mm-hmm. self-learning and just it just helps them interact more with their own feelings. And I think it would just help not just on a one-on-one basis, but more on a group level and more on discussion. Because you know what is right. so cool? And um, I have been with a group. They start opening up and sharing their own stories with one another. And they share a floral experience with one another. Oh, right. and this happened to me. And oh, my gosh. And tears and laughter. And oh, my gosh, it's so much fun. So right. I think it just causes more interaction. And ultimately, I think what it comes down to is that we as authors, we are in this to uh, make a difference. We're in this to change people's lives. We're in this to get that feedback, you know, get that email that says, wow, your book really made a difference to me. And I think, um, you know, that's just one more way uh, that you would be able to do that. Is that the sort of feedback have you gotten about your book? Have you gotten comments and things? Yeah, it is. Um, one, I, I mean, I've had cancer patients and um, different people that have been given this book as a gift, and I even had one that is going through a uh, cancer treatment and said, your book just spoke to my soul. And yeah. I knew the depths when he wrote that. And then another one um, from a master gardener's group that I spoke at, and here I go speak at a master gardener's group, <laughs> and she said, but... So I read your book, and I was intrigued by your speech, first of all. But then I read your book, and I thought, you know what? And her neighbor, she loved gardening, but she had never really given flowers away. And so she gave a peony to her neighbor. And she Mm -hmm. just left it on the porch, didn't have no card, no note. And she called me, and she said, Deb. And, I mean, I don't usually hear from them. I usually get note cards, but she personally called me. And she says, I just have to tell you, the card I got is the most beautiful card for the thank you that I've ever sent, ever, ever Well, received. that, I mean, that is what it's all about. So yeah. I thank you so much for getting your message into the world. Uh, flowers, flowerswhisperbooks.com is where you can go. And um, thank you for being our guest today, Debbie. Oh, thank you, Angela. I appreciate it so much. And uh, we'll be back next week. Together we uh, change the world one book at a time. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. 
Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.